Section three of Birds and Nature, Volume nine, number two, February nineteen o one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Hawks. Among the birds that are most useful to man may be classed the hawks. They, with the vultures, the eagles, and the owls, belong to the order Raptores, or birds of prey. Unlike the vultures, the hawks feed upon living prey, while the former seek the dead or dying animal. The vultures are often called nature's scavengers, and in many localities they have been so carefully protected that they will frequent the streets of towns, seeking food in the gutters. The family falconidae, which includes the hawks, the falcons, the vultures, the kites, and the eagles, all diurnal birds of prey, number about 350 species, of which between 40 and 50 are found in North America. The remainder are distributed throughout the world. The flight of the hawks is more than beautiful. It is majestic. Even when perched high in the air on the top of a dead monarch of the forest, there is a silent dignity in their pose. It is from these perches that some of the species watch the surrounding country for their prey, swooping down upon it when observed, and seizing it in their long, sharp, and curved claws. Their food is almost invariably captured while on the wing. The bill, which is short, hooked, and with sinuate cutting edges, is used for tearing the flesh of its victim into shreds. Among our more common hawks, there are but five or six that may truthfully be classed among the birds that are injurious to the interests of man. Among these, the cooper's hawk and the sharp-shinned hawk deserve the most attention, as they feed almost entirely upon other birds and poultry. To these two, the name chicken hawk may be aptly applied. The domestic pigeon is a dainty morsel for these ravagers of the barnyard. On the other hand, by far the larger number of the hawks are of great value to man. They are gluttonous whenever the food supply is unlimited, and as their powers of digestion are wonderfully developed, it takes but a short time for the food to be absorbed, and they are then ready for more. With their keen eyesight, they readily detect the rodents and other small mammals that are so destructive to crops, and with a remarkable swiftness of flight they pounce upon them. Dr. Fisher says, of the rapacious birds with which our country is so well furnished, there are but few which deserve to be put on the blacklist and pursued without mercy. The greater number either pass their whole lives in the constant performance of acts of direct benefit to man, or else more than make good the harm they do in the destruction of insectivorous birds and poultry by destroying a much greater number of mammals well known to be hostile to the farmer. Dr. Fisher obtained the following results from the examination of the stomachs of 2,212 birds of prey. This number does not include any of those that feed extensively upon game and poultry. In three and one-half percentum, the remains of poultry or game birds were found. Eleven percentum contained remains of other birds. Forty-two and one-half percentum contained the remains of mice. In fourteen percentum, other mammals were found and 27% contained insect remains. This summary includes not only the hawks, but also the owls, eagles, and related birds. It is evident from these results that man has a friend in these birds that is of inestimable value to him. The use of falcons and hawks in the chase dates far back in the history of the old world. 
for ages it was one of the principal sports of mankind and especially of the nobility hawks may be trained to a high degree of efficiency in the capturing of other birds it is said that the chinese knew of this characteristic of the hawks at least two thousand years before the time of christ in japan the art of falconry was practised about six or seven hundred years before christ the art is also believed to be represented in a bas-relief found in the Corsahead ruins in which a falconer is apparently bearing a hawk on his wrist these ancient ruins of nineveh show that the art must have been known at least seventeen hundred years before christ that falconry was known to the ancient races of africa is highly probable though there is but little in the earlier written history of that continent regarding it egyptian carvings and drawings however indicate without a doubt that the art was there known centuries ago falconry is still practised to some extent in africa the art though not obsolete in those countries of europe where in the middle ages it was regarded as the greatest and most noble of all sports is not national in its character during the reign of william the conqueror laws were enacted in england which were most stringent regarding falconry at one time falcons and hawks were allotted to degrees and orders of men according to rank and station to royalty the jeer falcon to an earl the peregrine to a yeoman the goshawk to a priest the sparrowhawk and to a knave or servant the useless kestrel to train a hawk for this sport requires great skill and patience the temper disposition and in fact every peculiarity of each individual bird must be carefully studied in these respects it may be said that no two birds are exactly alike technically the name falcon as used by the falconer is applied only to the female of the various species used in the conduct of this sport the peregrine falcon or hawk is usually accepted as the type falcon of falconry the name peregrine from the latin peregrinus means wandering and refers to the fact that this species is almost cosmopolitan though the geographical races are given varietal names the duckhawk falco peregrinus anatum is one of the representatives in america the food of this hawk consists almost exclusively of birds of which waterfowl and shorebirds form the greater part the hawks of our illustration are natives of north america ranging from mexico northward the american rough-legged hawk archibudio lagopus sancti johannes is a geographical variety of a rough-legged form that is found in northern europe and asia it is also known by the names of black rough-legged and black hawk this hawk is one of the largest and most attractive of all the species of north america dr fisher tells us that it is mild and gentle in disposition and even when adult may be tamed in the course of a few days so that it will take food from the hand and allow its head and back to be stroked when caged with other species of hawks it does not as a rule fight for the food but waits until the others have finished before it begins to eat in spite of its large size and apparent strength it does not exhibit the spirit that is so characteristic of the falcons it preys almost entirely on field mice and other rodents frogs and probably at times in certain localities upon insects especially the grasshoppers it is said that they will feed upon lizards snakes and toads they do not molest the poultry of the farmer or the game birds of the field forest or of our watercourses at least not to any extent 
their size and their slow and heavy flight would nearly always give sufficient warning to permit the ordinary fowls to seek cover no better evidence as to the character of its food can be furnished than the results of the examination of forty-nine stomachs as related by dr fisher of these forty contained mice five other mammals one lizards one the remains of seventy insects this specimen was killed in nebraska and four were empty it is interesting to note that the southern limit of its wanderings in winter is nearly coincident with the southern boundary of the region inhabited by meadow mice sir john richardson says in the softness and fullness of its plumage its feathered legs and habits this bird bears some resemblance to the owls it flies slowly sits for a long time on the bough of a tree watching for mice frogs etc and is often seen sailing over swampy pieces of ground and hunting for its prey by the subdued daylight which illuminates even the midnight hours in the high parallels of latitude mr ridgway says for noble presence and piercing eye this bird has few equals among our falconidae the eggs of this species vary from two to five and are usually somewhat blotched or irregularly marked with chocolate brown on a dull white background the red-tailed hawk Buteo borealis of our illustration is young and shows the plumage of the immature form this species may be called our winter hawk and for this reason the name borealis is most appropriate the coldest days of january serve to give this hawk a keener eye and a deeper zest for the chase the best locality to seek the red tail may be found at the wooded borders of pastures and streams where it can easily perceive and swoop down upon its prey it seldom visits a barnyard but will occasionally catch a fowl that has strayed away from the protection of buildings its food consists to a great extent of meadow and other species of mice rabbits and other rodents the remains of toads frogs and snakes have also been found in its stomach one writer says the red-tailed hawk is a powerful bird and i once saw one strike a full-grown muskrat which it tore to pieces and devoured the greater part dr fisher gives an interesting summary of the examination of five hundred and sixty-two stomachs fifty-four contained poultry or game birds fifty-one other birds two hundred and seventy-eight contained mice one hundred and thirty-one other mammals thirty-seven frogs and related animals or reptiles forty-seven insects eight crawfish one centipedes thirteen offal and eighty-nine were empty this surely is not a bad showing for this bird so often maligned by being called hen or chicken hawk its preferred food is evidently the smaller mammals and as it is common or even abundant it must be of great value to agricultural interests the younger birds are more apt to take poultry because of a lack of skill in procuring a sufficient quantity of the more usual prey mr p m silloway says none of the hawks has suffered more undeserved persecution than has the red-tailed buzzard or hawk whose characteristics place it among the ignoble falcons or hawks of feudal times lacking the swiftness and impetuosity of attack peculiar to the true falcons it depends on its ability to surprise its prey and drop upon it when unable to escape during the summer months it retires to the forests to breed where it builds a large and bulky though shallow nest in the trees 
often at a height of from fifty to seventy-five feet from the ground the nest is constructed of sticks and small twigs and lined with grass moss feathers or other soft materials the number of eggs is usually three though there may be two or four they are a little over two inches long and less than two inches in diameter they are dull whitish in color and usually somewhat marked with various shades of brown the full plumage of the adult is not acquired for some time and the bird has been long full-grown before the characteristic red color of the tail appears seth mendwell end of section three